very good morning to one and all. 大家早安. Also to those on the fourth floor and those on live stream. Today we're kicking off our uh, the whole sermon series for retreat. So let me introduce the speaker. Uh, Reverend Dr. Stephen Tan is the senior pastor of Grace Christian Church in the Philippines. He has spoken and taught in churches and conferences and seminaries across North America, Europe, and Asia. He also serves on the boards of several Christian organizations and NGOs. Stephen grew up in Texas and is married to his beautiful wife, Cindy, who is behind. Oh, uh, wow, so odd by her beauty. And they have three children, Andrew, Nathan, and Janelle. So I met Stephen uh, in Dallas Seminary more than 18 years ago. Uh, at the time, I joined uh, a church planted by his father. And so my wife and I will drive up from the seminary every Friday afternoon. And spend the whole weekend serving at the church and then go back to seminary on Sunday afternoons. And then we will actually uh, sleep in their living room, which is converted into a sleeping space. So at time overlapped about one year. So after graduation, uh, Stephen uh, headed to the Philippines where he has served for the last 18 years. And he was greatly used by the Lord. So without further ado, let me invite uh, Steve, Pastor Stephen. Well, good morning, QBC. What a privilege it is for me to be able to come and share God's word with you today and this week. Thank you to Pastor Isaac for his gracious invitation to be here. I'm glad that we were able to maintain our friendship over these two decades. You as a church indeed have a wonderful senior pastor. I've known him when he was young and just full of vibrancy and energy and really gifted by the Lord. Anyway, we're glad, I'm glad to be able to be back in Singapore after 10 years. It's still as clean as I remember it. And the people are just as nice. And the chili crab is just as good. So it is wonderful to be here. Thank you for your kind hospitality. One of my favorite stories is told of a tourist who went to uh, Hong Kong one day. He wanted to buy some t-shirts, as most of us do when we go to Hong Kong. However, he was worried that the t-shirts would shrink. He happened to pass by a store where he liked the design. And so he, he asked the sales lady, will the shirts shrink? She pointed to a sign in front of her stall, which read, Guarantee No Shrink. Assured, he bought 10 shirts. 
Well, that evening he wanted to wear one of them, and so he washed it. And sure enough, the next morning when he wore it, the shirt shrank. Well, he was angry and he returned the next day to the stall. He said, I want the refund. These shirts shrink. But the store owner said in broken English, no refund. You read the sign and you buy. 你, but he said, yes, but the shirt shrank. 他说, 是的, but she said, you Americans, you read sign from left to right. 销售员说, we Chinese, we read the sign from right to left. And right to left, the sign reads, shrink, no guarantee. You know, sometimes we look at things from different perspectives. And one of the things we look at from different perspectives is this idea of being courageous. When we talk about a Christian being courageous, we think that we should never fear. We should always be doing everything that God calls us to do without fear. But the reality is we do get afraid. You see, courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let the fear stop you. Let me repeat that. Courage doesn't mean you don't get afraid. Courage means you don't let the fear stop you. Because the reality is we all do get afraid, even myself. Especially in this world that is so antagonistic towards followers of Jesus Christ. For if we stand on the truths of the Bible, we are called haters or bigoted or close-minded. And so we shrink back, we get scared. In these next few sessions as we study the book of Daniel, we want to learn some biblical principles for how to overcome this fear so that we can witness with courageous faith. Where we will be able to boldly express our faith in Jesus Christ to this world. I don't know if you've been to New York, but the last time I was in New York, one of the things, or the fun things you do is you walk down the streets of New York. And unlike Orchard, it's not very clean. There are lots of musicians and side street acts and magicians and a lot of other things. But there was one thing I saw that really convicted me in my heart. I saw someone who had a I love Jesus shirt. And he was yelling and screaming about his faith in Christ. 
and how people should put their trust in Jesus. Talking to thousands of people who were walking by who were simply ignoring him or laughing at him or making fun of him. Now, I'm not saying that's the most effective way for evangelism. But as I saw that man, I thought to myself, would I be able to do that? And the sad answer is, I don't think I can. And I'm a pastor. And yet I would be fearing those people who would reject and who would make fun of me. I admire that man who had such boldness and courage. Would you be able to stand on the street corner of Orchard? Wear I love Jesus shirt. And yell about how they should believe in Jesus. You may get arrested, I'm not sure. uh Just think, would you be able to do that? The reality is most of us would not. We're not willing to step out of our comfort zones to live the Christian life that the scriptures call us to do. That's why I hope our study in the book of Daniel will allow us not to compromise our faith. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 1. We'll be in chapter 1 and we'll go through this chapter. I'll read now verses 1 and 2. In the third year of the reign of King Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. 第一章,第一节,犹大王约雅敬在为第三年,巴比伦王尼布加尼萨来到了耶路撒冷,把成为困,主把犹大王约雅敬的和神殿中的一部分的器物交在尼布加尼萨手中里。Verse 2, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. 他就把这些器物带到示哪地的神殿那里，存在殿中的宝库里。Now the Bible had told us in the book of Deuteronomy that in the Mosaic covenant, if Israel obeyed God, they would be blessed.神在生命记里面说的，如果以色列遵守摩西之约，他就会祝福他们。But if they disobeyed, they would be disciplined.如果他们不遵守，他们就会被惩罚。And yet, after countless reminders through various prophets, the people of Israel. Did not ever learn their lesson. 即便有无数次的提醒，神差派的那个先知的提醒，以色列人还是不听。as part of their punishment, the northern kingdom was taken over by the Assyrian kingdom in 722. And now the southern kingdom of Judah was being taken over by Babylon. And so the Babylonians were able to conquer Judah as God allowed. And they took with them many of the treasures of the temple. But they also took some other things. Look at verse 3 and 4. Then the king instructed Aspenaz, the master of his eunuch, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. 
我们看第三章，呃，第三节，王吩咐他的太监长亚设比拿说：“你要从以色列人把一些王室的后裔和贵族带进来。” Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans. 这些年轻人必须没有残疾、英俊、足智多才，要高度学习能力。明察事理，而且他们必须要有能力，可以在王宫里工作。你要教导他们学习加勒底的文学和语言。The Bible tells us the king asked his chief of staff to get the princes of Judah. 国王命令他的太监长聚集所有犹大的王室后裔和优秀的青年。These were the finest young men who, in a sense, were being held hostage. 这些是犹大最优秀的青年，作为巴比伦的人质。But they were to be trained in all things Babylonian. They would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. He would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. He would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. He would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. He would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. He would serve in the court of the most powerful person in the world at that time. They didn't have to take a test that would determine which university they went to. They were set for life. They didn't need to take They would receive the best training that the world could offer. You see, the Babylonians were known for their advancements in the sciences, the languages, mathematics, and so on and so forth. As long as they do not rock the boat, all would be well. 只要他们乖乖地顺从，所有的东西都会被为他们预备。Just keep quiet, your future is set. 只要不要越界，你的未来已经锁定了。And these young people would be entering the most beautiful capital city. The glitz and the glamour of the city would surely overwhelm them. 那些年轻人会在最漂亮的城市里面成长，他们一定会被吸引住。Look what the Babylonian king did for them in verse five. And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. 王指定每日给他们一份御用的佳肴美酒，又养又教养他们三年。期满过后，他们就戴立在王面前。They really got the best of everything. Best three-year training anyone could have, like an executive MBA program. This three-year training is like an executive MBA program. There, they would be grouped together with the elite noblemen of other countries that Babylon had conquered. They were being prepared for positions for life, cushy government ministerial jobs. They would As long as they did not rock the boat, 只要他们顺从。Of course, the purpose, in a sense, was to transform these Jewish young men into Babylonians. 这个课程的目的是把犹大人、犹太人变成巴比伦人。New culture, new idea, new language, and even new names. 新的习俗、新的想法、新的语言，甚至新的名字。That's why the Babylonians were so effective. They were able to assimilate everyone together. Look at verse six. Now, from among them, those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. 
To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names, verse 7. He gave Daniel the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah Shadrach, to Mishael Meshach, and to Azariah Abednego. Because all four names bore and honored the living God Yahweh. The Babylonians changed the name. Daniel meant God is my judge. But it was changed to Belteshazzar, which means Bel, a god of the Babylonians. Bel protects my life. Hananiah means the Lord shows grace. But his new name, Shadrach, means who uh, means command of Aku. He serves under the moon god Aku. Mishael means who is like God. And his new name is Meshaek, which means who is Aku-like. Azariah means the Lord God is my help. But Abednego means I am a servant of Nebo or Nego, who is a god of the Babylonians. What the chief official was trying to do was trying to erase, obliterate in their memories through their names the living God Yahweh. Now it really didn't matter in a sense what they were called. But there was something that Daniel and his three friends could not do. If they were to remain faithful to God, and you know, if you know the story, they could not eat the food. Now you may say, well, that's not so hard. But do you remember when you were 16 years old? Or you have teenagers in the house? What teenager refuses good food? Especially if it is free. Imagine a lifetime supply of anything that you want. Go into any food court, go into any hawker center, and you can eat whatever you want for free. Do you think anyone would refuse that? You can see that it wasn't as easy as you might think. How could these young people resist what they were getting? And that question goes to you. Are you a conformer? Or are you a transformer? Not the robot, but are you a transformer? We get this from the book of, Hebrew, uh, book of Romans, chapter 12. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Or another way to put it is, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat? You know the difference? 
right? If your thermometer, if you're sick, your thermometer, the thermometer adjusts to your body temperature. 如果你是测温器的话，测温器会调整到你的体温。But if you are a thermostat, 但如果你是恒温器 ，and you set the temperature， 而你把那个温度设好 ，the room adjusts to the temperature you've set. 那房间的温度就会到你设的那温度那里。When you walk into a room, 当你走进房间里 ，with your group of friends， 和你朋友走进去的 ，with your family members， 和你家人走进去的时候 ，do you change to be like them？ 你是改变成他们的模样 ？Or when you walk in, do they change because they know you are a follower of Christ？ 还是你走进去的时候，都他们转变，因为他们知道你是基督的跟随者 ？The reality, you know what is this? We change to be like them. 很多时候，事实就是我们是。Are you someone who conforms? Or are you someone who transforms? 你是效法世界的，还是心意更新的 ？The reason Daniel and his three friends were able to stand up against these internal pressures was because they transformed the people around them. 但以理和他的朋友能够承受这样的压力，是因为他们是心意更新的，影响环境的人。Because they could easily say, "Who would know if I ate these foods?" They could easily say, "Who would know if I ate these foods?" Who would care? Who would care? My parents are thousands of kilometers away. They wouldn't know. My parents are thousands of kilometers away. They wouldn't know. My parents are thousands of kilometers away. They wouldn't know. My parents are thousands of kilometers away. I struggle with my weight, and I'm always on on some sort of diet. Even if I'm in Singapore, I'm on a diet. Eat whatever I want diet. But let me introduce you to the Daniel diet. The diet of a courageous champion. So that we can learn to stand fearless. Look at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel 决心不让御用佳佳肴美酒玷污自己，所以求太监长帮他，使他不用玷污自己。I have that one word circled and highlighted and underlined in my Bible: purposed. 这个字“决心”，我在我的圣经当中画了不止画了很多个圈圈。He was resolved and convicted. That's what purpose means. He said, "I will not do this." 他决心的意思就是，但以理立志不会这样做。Because eating these foods would be against the Mosaic laws, which had been set out by the Holy God for us. 因为这吃这些食物是不符合摩西律法的。Most, most likely, these foods would have been offered to their idols. These, 可能是寄给外邦人的神才会呃才在餐桌上的 The preparation of these foods would not be in line with how God desires it for the people of Israel. 这食物怎么被预备的也不符合摩西律呃律法，是不属呃属于不洁净的食物 So the first step in his so-called diet was that he resolved not to do it. Step one. 所以第一步是我们要下决心去做 He was not in his own land, but in a culture that did not follow God's laws. But he considered himself always under God's laws. 他虽然不在自己的国家里，但是他还是以自己国家的律法来衡量自己。You know, I think the reason so many of us are scared. 很多时候，我我们惧怕的原因 
is because we have not resolved to do anything. And if we're not resolved, we will capitulate, meaning we will cave in because we've made no resolutions. What are the things you are convicted about? What are the resolutions you have made that you will never do for the Lord? In a sense, never do, or you will always do for the Lord. For our young people, will you, in this hypersexualized culture, keep pure, even though the world says that is something no one does? 年轻人，在过度性化的环境里，你能保持纯洁吗？虽然世界说你不需要。Even for married couples. With all the things you can hide from your spouse through social media, do you commit and resolve to remaining holy and pure? 婚后的，虽然有社交媒体能够隐瞒彼此，但是你还是能不能保持圣洁的婚姻？Unless we have resolved to do something, it is so easy to fall into the temptations. 除非我们下定立志，我这呃崩溃的机会非常高。for those of you who diet, you understand this. You know, every night before I go to bed, I make lots of trips to the refrigerator. I make lots of trips to our pantry where my kids have their stash of potato chips. Because you know how it is at the end of the day after a stressful day. You want to watch some Netflix. And of course, when you're watching a show, you want to eat something, something crunchy. And nothing is as good as watching some Netflix show while eating chips and drinking a Coke. You'll feel guilty later, but it's okay. Instant gratification. But I know I'm not supposed to do it. I know sugary drinks for me at 11 o'clock at night is not good. And I will make many rounds to the refrigerator. Open it and close it. And my wife tells me, why do you keep looking? Nothing is going to appear or disappear. Why do I keep going? I'm struggling. I know I should not, but I want to. I want to go to that pantry and get a bag of chips. In my mind, I even think to myself, I will only eat five chips. But you know you can never only eat five chips. You eat the whole bag. Many times I fail. That's why I look like this. But people who are successful resolve. They said, no. I will not go to the refrigerator or to the pantry. I will just go to sleep early. I hope you see my point. As followers of Christ, unless you have resolved not to do it, it is very easy to do it. Because as we will see later on, when you get to the lion's den and the fiery furnace, people do not have the time to think, hmm, what should I do? The testing of our faith often happens at that moment. 
就在那个时刻发生。Now God had brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than a young man who are your age than you would endanger my head before the king? 但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单独而行。但以理知道他不能单
don't know if I should do this. But if I don't do this, they will say that I'm being disrespectful. And I was asked them, have you ever appealed and asked if you could be excused from doing it? And oftentimes they say, no, we, we've never, we just had to do it. I said, why don't you try? No, eight out of ten or nine out of ten situations, they come back to me. Pastor, I can't believe it. My parents or my grandparents said, it's okay. Especially when they know that I'm a Christian. They just tell me, don't show up or think of an excuse or, or just stand respectfully by the side. I said, see, all you had to do was ask. Now, sometimes in the situation that we are in, we are so afraid because we think that will be the response. How many of you have asked your friends, hey, could we spend some time talking about spiritual things? Can I tell you about what I do on a Sunday morning? Would you like to come with me to church? But we would never do that, right? Because we're already thinking, oh, they would reject me. They would think that I'm some religious fanatic. I don't want to lose my job. We worry so much. And we have not asked the God of heaven. Look at verse 14. So he consented with them in this manner and tested them ten days. God moved in the official's heart to allow for this. Verse 15, and at the end of the ten days, their features appeared better and fatter in flesh than all the young men who ate the portion of the king's delicacies. Thus the steward took away their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were drink and gave them vegetables. The Bible tells us at the end of ten days, Daniel and his three friends looked better than the rest. Now, everyone knows that if you want to go to a diet, you eat vegetables. If, if you want to get fattened up, you eat lots of meat and oily and fatty things. There is no way to manipulate this test. The only results that could come is if the God of heaven allows it to happen. Here's one thing we forget. My friends, God does the impossible. And oftentimes we've forgotten the third step, to sit back and see God work. We are scared because we want to be in control of everything. We recognize our limitations. And we think, well, there's nothing we can do. And we cower in fear. 
But we have a God we've asked help from. And oftentimes God wants to show how He can supernaturally, miraculously do the impossible in our lives. That's where we can find boldness. You see, the Lord used this private test, this small test, to prepare Daniel and his three friends for the public test they would be facing in the years ahead. The best thing about this experience wasn't that they were delivered from compromise, as wonderful as it is. But that they were developed in their character. These young men saw God at work. And my friends, when you can see that God is at work, you will become bold. We sometimes have a very little view of God. And because of that little view of God, we are scared. Unless we see how God is mightily at work, then we will not be able to be courageous. When I first came to pastor this church in the Philippines 18 years ago, it was not a church that I believe most pastors would want to go. It was a church on the brink of bankruptcy. We were one month away from bankruptcy. We could not pay our electricity bills even. This was a church that had not been without a pastor for three years. Previous to that, for 10 years, it had gone through five senior pastors. People were leaving every day. And I probably foolishly and naively came back and said, okay, let me give me a chance. That first year, I don't know, the Lord placed the burden in my heart uh, to have a renovation project. The church was in a bit of disrepair. It had been built in the 1970s. And we were in the 21st century. And so, uh, even though there was a kind of an Asian financial crisis, I was just so sure God would help. And so we set as a goal by the end of October of 20, uh, 2008 that we would raise 10 million pesos. About $240,000. And that would be the celebration of our 40th church anniversary. And so we worked really hard that year. Challenged the church. Did fundraisers and things like that. And uh, the community came together and we saw God at work. But we only raised about 9 million pesos. We were lacking one. And it was the end of the deadline. I talked to our finance team. And they said, Pastor, you better preach the best sermon you've ever preached. It's our anniversary Sunday. 
you need to be able to raise a million pesos so we would hit our goal. And so I prayed and I prepared. And I remember that October 26. I preached what I thought was one of the best sermons I preached. I made the people cry. I made the people feel guilty. I made the people want to feel that they should give. I said, wow, this is it. I can't wait to report next week that we made it. I felt the spirit moving that morning. So that afternoon, waited for the deacon counting team to count the offering, called the head. How much? They said, they said, well, Pastor, you did preach a good sermon. But for this renovation project, uh, we uh, have 200,000. You're about 800,000 short. I mean, I was very disappointed. I really wanted to meet the goal. For a church that had gone through so much, I just wanted to give them some good news. That next morning, uh, Monday, I began to outline my message. As I began to write that message, I was um, trying to make excuses for God. Well, congregation, you church, you, you did your best. It was an economic crisis. We, we did well. We're not a wealthy church, but uh, we were able to to get 9.2 million, that's, that's pretty good already. Yeah, but you know, the, the, the more I wrote that message, the angrier I got. Why? You said that you are the God who does the impossible. The God who owns everything. Why, why couldn't you just... Let us meet this need. Give you all the glory. But you know, I'd forgotten something. I'd forgotten that a year ago, I had just simply said that by the end of October. What I meant was the last Sunday in October. We only get offerings on Sundays usually, right? But the end of October is another five days. That evening on October 31, Halloween, I was in my office Friday evening, very late at night. And my private phone rings. Now, no one has this extension. Usually, when it rings, it's my wife telling me to come up for dinner. We so I thought she's telling me to come home, it's late. And I'm going to tell you something that I, I, I really happened, but I used to hear missionary stories, and I never thought they'd really happen. When I picked up the phone and said hello, the person on the other line said, Is this Pastor Steve? I said, Yes, this is. And he said, You don't know me, and I don't know you, and I don't go to your church. I said, That sounds really creepy. He said, um, God has been placing in my heart for a long time to, to somehow help your church. 
Tomorrow my driver will be going to your church with a manager's check. Do not ask the driver who his boss is. 不要问这个, you cannot trace it with the manager's check. I don't know what needs you have in your church. You just put in whatever your church needs. But that check will be in the amount of one million pesos. Do with it whatever you think best. I could not believe it. On the last day of the month of October. Still a little bit of skepticism. I thanked the Lord, but I waited until the next morning. Sure enough, the driver came. I immediately asked him, who's his boss? He wouldn't say, I'm not allowed to tell you. I got the check. Gave it to our finance person and said, please cash it to make sure it doesn't bounce. The check came through. And I cannot express to you the feeling. I went back to my office. I just cried. And that verse came to my head, oh, you of little faith. Have you ever sat back to see me work as if God was telling me this? I'm thinking, Lord, could you not have sent this guy a month earlier? People are funny like that sometimes. I scrapped the message that I had prepared. And the same story I shared with you this morning was the same story I shared with that congregation that morning. To show them it was the work of God and it is the work of God. This is the God we worship. This is the God that if we resolve to do the things he's asked us to do, he will do the rest. This happened before our church went from 200 to 2,000 plus because it showed that God was at work. I can't wait to meet this man in heaven. I'd like to know who he is. But honestly, it really doesn't matter. Because God used this man to show that God is mightily at work in our lives. Finally, you can just look at verses 17 all the way to verse 20. The Bible tells us that God gifted these four men with special abilities. At the end of three years, they were ten times better than all of the wise men of Babylon. Such is the case when we resolve to courageously follow God. He will bless us. And we'll talk more about this in this week's camp. Final verse 21. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. If you do the math, more than 60 years of faithful living the Lord, with the Lord. 
His ministry would span two empires and multiple kings. And never did he waver in his courageous faith. Because at a very young age, he took a spiritual diet. And he resolved to follow the Lord. He asked God for help. And he just sat back and watched God work. And God honored him and blessed him. May all of our lives be as such. Living lives courageous for the Lord. And finding God's blessings. May God bless each one of you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these simple reminders yet profound applications. Help us to live courageously for you. In a world that pushes us down, help us to make you preeminent through our lives. Bless this church, QBC. That you would use this church as a lighthouse in this community for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.